today I'm going to be speaking about the next thing. Um, Because every one of us in life have a next thing. There's something looming on the horizon, something that's that we could step into, or maybe it's something that we want to avoid. <laughs> but there's something there that's in front of us that, um, that, that we have an opportunity to deal with. And so that's the topic of my message today, because it's the next thing, whatever your next thing, might not be uh, your neighbor's next thing, but it is your thing to own. And each one of us has got, uh, we've got a, an adventure, haven't we? Isn't it like, Christianity, following Jesus, is uh, a fun, exciting, sometimes scary, uh, but always fulfilling adventure. And so on, the, on our adventure, we have got, uh, we've got challenges, we've got great times, we've got all sorts of things going on, and, and everyone's is different, but there's the next thing that you're facing. And so I want to just look at a couple of characters in the Bible uh, regarding how they faced their next thing and what they did to, to move forward in, into, uh, into the greater next thing. I've got a, a very cool image, actually, I just want to show you uh, right now. You know, the first uh, aircraft that approached the speed of sound encountered unexpected conditions. Uh, so around 700 miles an hour or something like that. There was increased drag, violent shaking, and a loss of lift and control. Um, and aircraft that, uh, that approached this speed, they actually, when they were, this is back in the 40s, they would actually break apart because of the, the turbulence, the shaking, and everything that was going on. They would break apart, and it was as though there was this uh, invisible barrier there, and it, and it became known as the sound barrier. And it seemed like it was unbreakable. No, you couldn't get through. That's it. If you wanted to go that fast, your plane was going to break up. And, but then in 1947, the sound barrier was proved uh, a myth when I think it was the Bell X-1 flew faster than the speed of sound. It got strapped onto a big B-1 bomber and then dropped at high altitude and it blasted off and everyone, yeah, we went through the sound barrier. And um, the sound barrier became totally irrelevant it was no longer a barrier. It became, it became a, a sonic boom took its place, and it went into supersonic flight. So there was this trade-off of going, well, there's no barrier there. It's now a gateway into supersonic flight. And this, um, this uh, shot here, which is quite an amazing, that's actually a photograph, um, and that's called a vapor cone or a shock egg, hey, Simone. And, uh, and um, this happens as the aircraft approaches the speed of sound, and... Apparently, don't quote me on this, but it did say this on Google, that this is because of the pressure of the atmosphere around the plane condensing. And so the moisture becomes visible because of the intense pressure of the atmosphere. It's pretty amazing, eh? Something dynamic is, uh, is actually going on. And uh, I, share you this, um, I share this with you because earlier in the week I was, um, I've got my a bit of a usual practice of going down the river a couple of times a week and just spending time with the Lord and, and praying and, and um, I just want to get you know get closer to His heart and uh, I know I need that and I was uh, down there this morning um, uh, on Monday and I had this picture just come to me and it was of a, of a jet going through the sound barrier or approaching the sound barrier and. Um, and this, a thought immediately came to me uh, at that time, and it was that the, the flight 
of that aircraft was being promoted into the next realm. It was just about to be promoted into another phase of flight. And uh, the other thing that came to me at that time, that, that everything that got shaken as that flight was going, as the, as the aircraft was going through into the next realm, everything that got shaken loose didn't belong in the next realm. It didn't, didn't belong in the next realm. And it was just interesting what Ruth was sharing this morning about the people in the, the, people in the shoe. You know, that when you're out walking and you've been walking for a while, you get a people in, people in your shoe, you, you've got to take your shoe off and get rid of the people to in, continue to enjoy the journey. And, and so I believe that as a church that we're actually in a bit of a transition season as individuals and as a church to going to another realm. And I think that's what that whole picture um, was about. And so that's really exciting because it means that we're going into something more awesome. And God wants us to go from glory to glory, not from same to same or from same to slightly more munted. It's like, no, actually, he's into progress. He's into your progress. Tell your neighbor that God is into your progress. Come on, your progress. He want progress is a really cool thing. Futility is doing, you know, it's doing the same thing every day and expecting the same results. You know, he wants us to transition into a into another season, into another uh, realm of glory. And so, I want to just talk about this from um, from f- f- about your promotion from two angles today. Number one is that new realms require new leadership. And, and everyone is a leader. Everyone is a leader because leaders all have the opportunity to progress and everyone has the ability to progress. If you are progressing, you are leading change around your life. You tell yourself that you are a leader of yourself. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you are leading yourself. You are a leader. The second thing I want to uh, talk about regarding going into a new realm of leadership or a new realm of, uh, of uh, progress is the ear of a follower. Every great leader is also a great listener and a great follower. Every great leader is also a great listener and a great follower. So if you've got your Bible here today, or if you could look up at the screen, we're going to go to Nehemiah 2. Now, Nehemiah is uh, an amazing example of an incredible leader. He was an Old Testament guy. He was uh, a phenomenal leader, and he led a nation out of oppression and fear into secure security and joy from oppression and fear into security and joy. And the core of leadership, I think I said this a month or so ago, is just about making life better for, for someone else. That's what leadership is about. It's creating an opportunity, creating a better future for someone, leading someone. It's just about making it better for someone else. So I'm going to read this here. Uh, this is awesome. I read this a couple of weeks ago, and it just struck me. It was just like, wow, this verse. I went to Jerusalem. This is Nehemiah. And after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I would not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. 
just a small verse, but it shows us what stepping out into leadership looks like. God wants to put something in us in our hearts, and He wants to step out us to step out in a direction. See what happened in the uh, in the chapter f- before in Nehemiah one, is that Nehemiah's brother Hanai had uh, given him a report of the state of Jerusalem. And what had happened is that 50 years before, Jerusalem had been destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, the Jews were all in exile around the region, and it was a mess. And so Nehemiah got this report from his brother, and his heart became broken for the city and his people. His heart was messed up because of what he saw, what he heard about, what had, what, had, what had been done to his people. Their issues became his issues. Their brokenness became his brokenness. And he responds and he takes ownership because of the injustice. He's like, I'm gonna, I've got to do something about this. And then the whole book of Nehemiah, it goes on and gives us the inside story of one man's incredible leadership as he rallies together like all the Jerusalem's remnant, the next generation and the old guys, and, they, and in 52 days, I think, they rebuild the city walls and he forges a community again with purpose and promise. And, and they, they all end up back in Jerusalem. The city walls are done. And, and he does this in the face of opposition, of intense op- opposition. So if you want to know about spiritual leadership more, read about Nehemiah. He is a contender. He is a contender for the kingdom and a contender for promises. I just want to talk about this one verse today. and what? Because what does leading others into freedom and into a new realm look like? I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. I set out into the night. Into the night, you can't see very, in front of, uh, very far in front of where you are. In the night, people can be close, but because of the darkness, you can feel like you're all by yourself. When the Spirit of God leads us into change or into a new season, it can feel like, you know, the darkest time is before the dawn. That's what it can feel like. The darkest time is before the dawn. And I love Proverbs 4 verse 7. The path of the righteousness is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter to the full night of day, to the full light of day. See, when you set out on a path of righteousness, when you set out with a call and a cause in your heart, it's like you set out in the dark. You know, it's the, the path of the righteousness is the, like the first light of dawn. Before the first light of dawn, there was darkness. When you step out as a leader, you can feel like you're in the dark. You can feel like you are alone because there's something about God growing us up where he wants us just to depend on him alone. To trust on him, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. He wants us to trust in him in the darkness of the night. Standing up and sitting out towards a challenge can be a really intimidating prospect. 
leading change in your own life is a scary thing. Facing up to stuff is a scary thing. But to grow and to go into a promotion to the next realm and to your next point of progress, we've got to face things. And sometimes it's in the dark. Sometimes it's a scary thing. The next part of the verse, he set out with a few others. He didn't go alone into the night. He went with some people. And we don't know much about who these, these guys were. It doesn't really go into that. But I think this makes a great point that we all need people with us in the night. When we step out, when we're facing something, when we're, we're, we're determined to move through, we don't go it alone. Dark places aren't fun places to go by ourselves, are they? Go with others. And then it says, I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. And I just want to camp on this for a bit because his voice. See, Nehemiah got something in his heart, didn't he? He got something. I had not told anyone God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. His word is designed to take you into the next realm. That's, that's what took him there. That's what propelled him into, a, into the night. His word, the word of God, the word of God is the, is the catalyst for our progress in life. The word, his voice, his speech, his, his, his heart held in our heart, that is, that's the point of our growth. That is, that's what I'm excited about. And that's what we need to, to know, you know, why we do what we do and why we're going where we're going. Is his word taking us where we are going? Don't let the darkness be the barrier to your breakthrough. Let the light of his word and his promises guide your feet in the light of your path. You know, Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Why do you need a lamp and a light? Because you're going into a dark place. You know, that is, that is this world. Arise, shine, let your light come, you know, because we've got to shine into the darkness. Like, come on, we are actually here to bring change. We are here to glow. We are here to, you know, to, to, to uh, reflect and also shine his glory within our region. And his word is the catalyst for us to shine. His word, his word, his voice, what is he putting in your heart? His heart for you, his heart for others. You're not going to get that by watching the news. You're not going to get that by just, you know, watching five nights of TV every week. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get, you're going to get that from his word, spending time in his word. Because, you know, Nehemiah could see that you know, it had been 50, uh, was it 52 years? Is that what I said? 50 odd years that the city walls had been broken. And Jerusalem was broken. And the people were broken. And no one was doing anything about it because hopelessness had become the normal way of life for Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah got this word in his heart that superseded hopelessness, that said, no, come on, let's rally. Let's do something great. Let's shift, uh, you know, let's shift some rubble. Let's build some walls. Let's do this in the face of opposition because God had put the word 
into his heart. You know, true crea- um, progress and creativity is birthed into our lives from another realm, the realm of heaven. That I so believe that. You know, the creativity and progress, it, the, the best, that <laughs> at its best, comes from heaven, from his heart for us, his ideas for us. It comes from heaven. Romans 8.14 says, The sons of the Spirit are led by the Spirit. Being led by God is a defining characteristic of our son or daughtership. Being led by the Spirit. Mm. I, I, um, I'm excited about Thrive being a church where people do scary things. Do you know? Good scary things. Yeah, thank you. Good scary. Thank you, Ruth. So glad you're here. Um, You know, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. That's something we should get familiar with because we can, sometimes we can have these big crazy ideas, scary ideas, and you go, can't do, I couldn't do that. You know, I... I can't, I can't do that. That is too scary for me. Do you know you probably can do that with him? You probably are. That's probably his creativity hitting your life. Because what's the difference between you and, and somebody who's not living in the light? You know, you have, you're in, you're in synergy with the one who wants to manifest the impossibilities to this world, you know? That you have a grace because of his grace to do impossible things, to do freakishly radical things, to see healing. You know, I, that's, that's a small part of it, though. You know, to see incredible financial breakthrough through entrepreneurial ideas, to, you know, to be a complete blessing to someone when you feel so fearful about actually talking to someone. You know, maybe that's your miracle. Maybe that's your wall today. I think we need to become familiar with feeling uncomfortable again. Let's, let's become familiar with going into the impossible situations, believing that God is with us and God is for us. Faith has been certain of what we hope for and sure of what we do not see. You know, like Nehemiah, he just had this unseen possibility placed in his heart. It was, it was, he set out into the night with the word of God in his heart. It was all he had. He didn't have building plans. He didn't have, you know, email or he didn't, couldn't sell through to Nehemiah and check out all the, I mean, all the walls and, and, and figure out all the brokenness and, and what had to be done next. He just went out with a word in his heart. And sometimes going out into the night and all you got is the word in the heart, that's all you need to start with. Yeah. Come on. Our next step in our growth will always confront us with an opportunity to overcome something, to push aside something or to pull something down. You know, there's your next step. What are you pushing against? What do you got to get out of the way? What do you got to face up to? There's something. There's some kind of opposition. You know, the devil doesn't want you to progress. He's come to steal, kill, destroy. But, you know, Jesus has come to bring life life to the full, but we've got to push through. We've got to be people who are tenacious to push through. 
Okay, the next thing I want to talk about this morning is the ear of a follower. Every great leader is also a great listener and follower. And I just want to go to 2, uh, two Kings 19, 13, uh, 11 to 13. And this is the account of Elijah on the mountain. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Do you know, God is speaking. God is speaking. And when God called Elijah to come and stand up on the mountain, he was calling Elijah actually out of a really, really dark time. It was a really dark experience. Elijah had uh, had a great victory on Mount Carmel, but then he had had this death threat from uh, Jezebel, and he was terrified. So he had run from his, for his life uh, from a, a place of great victory to a place of total despair and he had even asked God if he could just end his life he was in he was broken but God called him up to stand on a mountain and revealed to him where his presence is found and there was a great fire there was a great wind I think there was an earthquake in there all that it could have unsettled him blowing them away. Like it says that the mountains broke apart. I mean, this is like a, this is a crazy time. He's up on a mountain. He's vulnerable. There's wind, earthquake, fire, everything that could have sent him running from the mountain. But he stayed and he waited through the chaos for what God's presence was found in. It's found in the whisper. And you read that and you go, man, look at all that crazy stuff that was going on. And it's almost, that story is, is more about what God's presence isn't found in. It's not in the crazy stuff. It's not in the unsettling stuff. It was heard in the whisper. And from that whisper, God spoke to him and he sent him up to go and bless Elijah. Elisha, thank you. I was going to say Elijah again, but Elijah, Elisha. What's in my notes here? I should have just read them. So, yeah, you're doing well too, Jerry. But what Elisha did, what Elijah did through that whisper was he, he was released to um, raise up Elisha. And Elisha carried his mantle and released, you know, his presence to the next generation. There was something really profound about what Elijah caught in the whisper that released a, you know, that flow to the next generation, to his successor, and as a mantle to the prophet. See, the whisper is important. The Word of God found in the whisper is important. See, like His Word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. He's whispering. Sometimes He's whispering, and that whisper is the lamp and the light. 
What do you listen? What do you do when you listen for a whisper? How do you listen for a whisper? Four points. One, you have to be attentive, not reactive, focused on his heart. You know, if something quiet's been said, you've just got to. I really want to hear what this person's saying. I want to position myself for what he is saying. Be attentive. The other thing that happened in the story is that Elijah had to wait for all the other noise to stop before he heard the whisper. So sometimes we've got to wait to quieten down. Peace. Find a place of peace. Quiet your mind. Listen to your heart. Quiet your heart and listen to his spirit. Take time. Take time to find the whisper. The other thing to hear a whisper is that you've got to be prepared to get close to hear a whisper, don't you? You've got to like shuffle over, shuffle a little bit more because you don't want to miss what's being said. Not that we're into whispering about people here, but you know, I'm thinking in Chinese whispers. <laughs> you've got to get close to hear a whisper. How can we do this? It's just drawing aside prayer, worship, a lifestyle of getting yourself into his presence and knowing who he is, knowing. And the other thing to get close is you've got to distance yourself from other things. You've got to be prepared to say, actually, that's not important right now. I need to distance myself from you so I can hear the whisper. And the last thing I think you've got to do for the whisper is you've got to lean in. To really catch, you know, you've almost got to like get right up in someone's personal space, don't you? Like, they're whispering. It's like, you've got to lean in. And God wants to, you know, the Father wants people who will lean in, get close into his personal space, and be prepared to do all they can to hear what he's saying, to hear the whisper. I used to have a sailing boat, and, um, on, the, on any sailing boat, any racing sailing boat at least, they have on the sail these things called woolies. And the woolies, uh, they go through the sail and out the other side. Now, the same on both sides, about the same length. And woolies are awesome because when you're sailing and you're saying you're hiking up into the wind, you're tacking into the wind, you've, you want the wind just flowing over the sail just, just really nicely. You've got about 45 degrees to play with. If you start going too high into the wind, the sail starts flapping. You know what I'm saying? Anyone watch the America's Cup? Yeah, you flap, flap, and that's just like, eh. So you're watching these woolies. You're always like watching the wind on the sail, and you're going, just want to. And so you're also holding the tiller here, and you're, and you're just moving the tiller, just like small increments, just so that you can keep that angle of attack. You want to go as high as you can into the wind, but also not too high, because if the, the sail starts luffing up, the woolies start going flat, 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 and they stop the true kind of flow, the wind flow. And so you're just, just, bang, and you're just riding this. It's a really cool feeling anyway. Um, and it takes me back. It does. And, and it's, it's really cool getting the woolies running true, because you know that you've got the sail uh, you know, in the wind, and it's flying at its best uh, position, and so you find yourself watching for the whispers of the wind. And and I wanna I wanna release to you today. I wanna say to you today and declare to you today that that you are able to hear the voice of God 
I know that sounds pretty simple, but I've heard so many people say, I don't hear God's voice. I, God doesn't talk to me. Uh, you know, I, I, it's just, you know, it's just like, huh? There's a wall there, you know? And I just, I believe that's a lie. I, I, it's, it is a lie. Everyone gets to hear the voice of God. Everyone gets to see the whispers of the wind. Everyone gets to hear his small, still voice. If everyone was hearing that voice, everyone was catching what he was saying in his heart, then we would be in synergy with heaven at another level. And that's what he's calling us to. Like this word, hearing his, hearing his heart, is the catalyst for you to go into that next realm and sphere. That is the catalyst. In John 10 verse 4, it says this, this is Jesus, and, and it's a great chapter, John 10, about being a follower. And, and when he has bought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. His sheep are who? His sheep are us. We're the disciples. We're his followers. We follow him because we know his voice. You know, every leader is called to be a follower. Let his voice become so familiar around your life. So familiar. Become familiar with, you know, getting, leaning in, getting rid of the distractions, doing what you can to hear his voice. Our culture is so full of distractions, isn't it? Like we've got busy lives, but if we just, you know, live a busy life and then we yeah, we'd never go to that place of listening and of being with him and, and, and intimacy with him, then we, we just get stuck in a moment, don't we? You two sung the song, you know, stuck in a moment that you can't get out of. Anyone heard that song? Richard's going to sing for us right now. Oh, he's not. Um, and it was really cool. They had this music DVD that went with that song, and it was uh, of a football player, and it, there's a countdown going on, like 10, 9, 8, and it's the end of a football game. And the guy's, uh, he needs to kick the ball before the countdown comes, uh, counts down, and they're going to win the game. And he runs up, and he boots the ball, and it misses. And the video is all about the, go- the people's reactions in the crowd. And this guy, and, and it, at this moment, continues to haunt his life for his whole life because this miss, this miss kick, this missed opportunity. And so this moment that he could have just got popped out of and gone into a new moment stayed with him. And he couldn't transition into another season because of this disappointment around his life. You know, his word is the catalyst for you to get out of your disappointments and into that next season of promises. That's what his word does. It breaks us free. It gives us hope. It sends us on. It's a catalyst for greatness, his word in our lives. Be prepared to listen to his, uh, to listen to his word and know his voice. Know his voice means you know it because it's familiar, doesn't it? You know it because it's familiar. You know the sound. Everything is awesome. <laughs> like we know that. It was Lego movie, anyone? Come on. I saw that last. That is, yeah, there's a, there's a song. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. And it's a good, it's, it's been going around our house all week. It's a cool song. To, but you get familiar with that. 
we're familiar with it. Like Tara's emailing me this week saying, everything is awesome, and she knows exactly where I'm at. Uh, I love it. All right. For Elijah, God's voice was found in the whisper that he followed, and he passed on the mantle to the next generation. He was a leader, but he was a follower. You're a leader, but you're called to be a follower of the voice of God. For Nehemiah, God's voice was found in his heart. And as he followed that voice, he went out into the night. He went out brave. He went out with others. He went out, though. He went out to face something. And he he rebuilt the city, both walls and people. Can we just have the band up? Actually, that would be great. These guys were um, both outstanding leaders and, and followers. And my cry, like our heart as a church, I know Jared's heart for young people and Debbie's heart, is that we just want to see people restored, rebuilt, a generation one, hope realized for people. We are courageous enough to say we want to get, into the nitty-gritties of people's world. You know, we're going to help people on the coalface, on the grassroots of their life. You know, Nehemiah was one of those who went and rebuilt the wall. He didn't just stand back and look and go, oh, yep, just put that brick over there. He was, he was there. And I believe that we need to be a church who are there, who turn up in people's lives, not uninvited and not reckless, but gentle. And, and purposeful. He is calling us to something and through something at this time to a greater place. And I don't know if um, your world feels a bit like one of those first airplanes that were approaching the speed of sound and you're encountering some unexpected conditions, some unexpected turbulence, some crazy shaking, some loss of control, I want to encourage you to hold your course because you're about to transition into another realm. Hold your course. God is in your world. He has, he has got you set up for a divine moment of opportunity. And through those, those last pressure moments, I believe He's shaping your flight so that everything that's shaking around you and that maybe you have to let go, that doesn't belong in your next realm of flight anyway. This morning, um, we have, we're going to have the opportunity to take up um, the Miracle May offering, which is, you know, we're excited about doing that because, you know, our gift could be someone else's miracle. Your gift, your life could be someone else's miracle. What you speak could be someone else's breakthrough. Your encouragement could be someone else's great week. You know, we are here full of purpose for such a time as this. And this is a great time to be alive. And just before we take up the Miracle May offering, just, I want to give an opportunity this morning just to just close your eyes and just kind of like, hey God, hey God, what are you whispering into my heart? What are you speaking over my life? Holy Spirit, we just thank you this morning 
that you are speaking, that your word is a light and a lamp to us, that your word is our hope and our future. And today, Lord, we want to we want to surrender the noise. We want to surrender the distractions. We want to surrender our fear of confronting unbelief or disappointment. Because we want to be a people who are filled with purpose and who pursue the next realm of your goodness, Lord, for our, ourselves, our families, and our region, God. So today we just ask for your help. Help us. Help us, Lord. Yes, God. Ah, God. Yes, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just right now, if you need courage in your life and you want to be someone who is known for being courageous, but you feel like you're just shaking in your boots, then just just lift your hand right now. Just lift your hand. Holy Spirit, right now, we just thank you, Lord. Just let your presence go. Just release courage. Courage this morning. Courage this morning. If you're someone and you're just, uh, you're like, whoa, whoa. I want to make sense of the whisper. I want to make sense of what God's saying. I want to make sense of His voice. And I realize I need to actually move aside, get close. And you're like, how do I do that? I have no idea how I'm going to do that. God has an idea for you. If that's you, just lift your hands to the Lord this morning because He just wants to release ideas God, we just thank you for ideas, your idea on how we can move towards you. And I just release the breakthrough of your promises over people today as well. The breakthrough of your word, the breakthrough of, of, of what it is to step out in faith, the breakthrough of being courageous, the breakthrough of being a world changer, God. Lord, the breakthrough for the guys that are, you know, going to work Monday morning and doing smoko and all that and just living life. We just thank you for your everyday awesome breakthrough in those moment-by-moment situations, God. Lord, the breakthrough for the mums that are raising children and shaping future world changes, Lord. We thank you for breakthrough, Lord. The women, the, the women are out there in the workforce, Lord. We just thank you for your breakthrough, for creative ideas and efficient solutions. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you just have a heart for this region that is huge. We want to say, yep, let us be a part of rebuilding. Let us be a part of blessing. 